What's up, y'all? Welcome back here to another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. Of course, me, myself, always is here, uh, Sanders, and I got my boy Dupree here with me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back with another one. Back with another one. How you doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm doing good, bro. I can't complain. We just going through the week. The week I'm almost over with. Uh, obviously, we just seen the the uh, college football season um, end on a, I guess, a little sour <laughs> note for, for a lot of people. Yeah. But, you know, in the, in the end, uh, a great college football season um, is finished. Uh, the regular season in the NFL is done. And now mm-hmm. we're getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, man, college basketball is in full effect. They they in conference play now, so it's, it's getting crazy. Uh, we're getting close to the midway point uh, in the NBA now. Teams are starting to uh, get it going. So, man, it's just a lot going on, <laughs> you know, in the in the realm of sports here in this, in this brand new year, man, it's, which is crazy because we already about to be, like, halfway through <laughs> this month, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. It seemed like it just happened, bro. Like, we was just celebrating New Year's, and now we coming up almost halfway through the month. Man, before we get started, though, bro, I just hey, got to wish you a happy belated birthday. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, my Capricorn yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> we got to do that. Got to do that for sure. For sure got to yeah, do yeah. that, man. But um, – we we we're gonna get right into it. Obviously, uh, we we just I know it's a a few days old now, but we've had time to uh, sit back and and reflect and kind of see what's been going on in the landscape <laughs> of it. But um, yeah. obviously, you know the the national championship game um, in the college football playoff between uh, Georgia and TCU. Um, I think people probably did see Georgia winning. But I'm pretty sure they didn't think it was gonna be that lopsided. <laughs> um, no, man, sixty-five to seven. I mean, just a a, a beatdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but from from Georgia to TCU, and um, I mean, you know, it was it was close, kind of, sort of in that first quarter, and then pretty much after that, it was just. It was all Georgia the, the rest of the way. Um, he was thirty-eight to seven at halftime, and at this point, you know, people are just like, for sure, it's over. You know, yeah. uh, but you know, obviously, you know, TCU is known as the, as being a, a big second half team. So sometimes you just you really didn't know, but obviously, as the game kept going, you could you could just out there and see and tell that uh, Georgia's up here and, and it's a few levels down where where <laughs> TCU is. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, Stetson Bennett, six total touchdowns. I think he had four in the air, two on the ground. Uh, man, the defense uh, had, uh, I think, about three or four turnovers, a couple of interceptions on Max Duggan, a couple of fumbles. Um, just pretty much, man, dominated from start to finish. Uh, I guess, I mean, if you got to – it's not really much to take on it, but just reflecting on what happened with the game, man, like – I guess what all went right for Georgia and what all went wrong for TCU. I think it just really comes down to Georgia was just the better team. You saw the difference in speed. I think that was the biggest, the biggest, the most glaring thing on the television that popped out to you is Georgia's speed just took over. When when 
you had the first drive for TCU and it starts with a false start. And then after that, just throughout the game, just watching Georgia fly around on defense. It, was, it seemed like there was 13 dudes on the field <laughs> all the time, how fast they were getting to the football. And, like, we're laughing, but, like, really, like, it just seemed like guys were all over the place. Max Duggan was getting hit almost every play. Anytime he dropped back, the times that, where there wasn't pressure early, nobody was open. Um, so he couldn't throw the football and then, at the, you know, you got coverage sacks, so, the, you know, the D-linemen and these linebackers are getting home when they're blitzing. I mean, offensively for Georgia, they just couldn't. It, the biggest thing for me going into this game was the way T- TCU played against Michigan and matched that physicality against Michigan. Can they repeat that again? Because Georgia was going to – the physicality level – for Georgia versus Michigan was going to be the same, if not greater. And I think that after the game that Georgia had against Ohio State, and in my opinion, not using their physicality to their advantage against Ohio State, not really using the run game and running the football the way that I thought and maybe a couple other people thought they would, I think on Monday night, Kirby Smart and that, and that staff made a decision like, yeah, now nah, we're going to run this ball. We're about to make sure that we get this game going. We're going to dictate the pace. We're going to be physical from start from Jump Street. The first two touchdowns were running touchdowns from Stetson Bennett. One of them was a scramble, but the second one was a designed run play for Stetson Bennett. Like a, a, a guard pulled and the running back led – <laughs> let them into the end zone. So that physicality, that speed from the, like that SEC ball, that's really what that looked like. That's really like that reminded me of the Alabama Notre Dame national championship, where it was just like it, you just outmatched physically, uh, speed, strength, like just all that you just outmatched. Um, it was a beatdown. I mean, it was halftime. We were at, we were down as a staff in Charlotte for the uh, National Coaches Convention, AFCA Coaches Convention. And at halftime, then we all got up and stepped outside. We were like, yeah, was, I mean, we, I think we when we stepped back inside, it was maybe the beginning of the of the, of the fourth quarter. Like this game is over. This game is over. So, a uh, shout out, shout out to the University of Georgia for going back to back. I give them props. After the way that they played against Ohio State, was they didn't look like the dominant Georgia team that we were used to seeing, have been used to seeing over the past, over this season, and even going into, uh, going back to last season as well. And, and they showed up and, and took care of business. They they showed that there was a difference. So, um, great season for TCU. Obviously, uh, this is definitely something they can build off of and going into next year, but. There's levels, and and that's what Georgia showed it. There's levels to this thing. Yeah, I, I think in the end, that's just what it came down to. It was just more so that um, you can tell, like, how much of a difference uh, it is with, with Georgia and TCU just mm-hmm. for in that speed category, that physical category, um, even as we got our other guests <laughs> join in here, I guess. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and you can just 
and you can just kind of also just tell that it was just um, it was it was Georgia's night. It wasn't TCU's night. It was Georgia night, and you can tell that um, the the I don't want to say the scary, but just the competitive of the competitiveness of the the semifinal game that they had in the Peach Bowl against Ohio State when. If we're being honest, like we said from the last episode, Ohio State really outplayed Georgia. Yeah. Uh, it just came down to a, a couple of breaks, and it, it went Georgia's way instead of uh, Ohio State's way. And I think, you know, at that point, Kirby Smart and the rest of that coaching staff and, and all the players probably realized, like, man, we, we cannot play like that yeah. uh, against TCU to let them hang in. And I just think they just had that intention to where um, – we're gonna try to get them down, get them down early, and if we smell uh, we smell blood in the water, we're just gonna keep attacking and keep attacking. And I mean, it was just it was so crazy because even when you think about it, come mid third, fourth quarter, that's the young guys in there now. That's that was yeah. that was the freshmen and sophomores, yeah. you know. That yeah, was second string backups. Guys yeah, you know, it wasn't even this. This wasn't even you know the Brock Bowers and the. The Darnell Washingtons and, and mm-hmm. those guys out there and on defense, it wasn't the uh, the Carters and, and Keeler Ringos. It was it was the young guys that was out there playing. So you know, I, a lot of people sitting up there talking and wondering somebody, were well, they running up the score? Nah, this is just the freshmen and sophomores who's just like Doing I'm out here thing. getting this clock. Yeah, I'm out here getting this clock. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and ball too while I can. So yeah. um, I think that was that. Now I, I guess. So real quickly, I guess want to address like to me, I feel like it was a big elephant in the room. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw a lot of people on social media uh, clamoring and hammering that all of a sudden now that the committee got it wrong and TCU mm-hmm. didn't deserve to be there, Alabama should have been there, which was kind of like I, to me. I think that was the only fan base who was complaining about, you know. About everything. Granted, it, it wasn't the best championship game that we, we've seen. I, this is probably the, the probably the biggest beatdown I think I've seen probably since that. Oh uh, well, I mean, I, you had Clemson. You had Clemson. Well, yeah, I'm and, saying, and yeah, yeah, Clemson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Clemson, where Clemson kind of got up on Alabama that that when Tua threw that open opening pick six and mm. they kind of pulled away there and you mentioned about the 2012 the 2012 championship game between Alabama and Notre Dame um, I mean I guess even late LSU kind of pulled away on Clemson that 2020 yeah. season or 2019-2020 season so I mean I guess, I guess here and there but those teams kind of had some spurts probably outside of that Bama Notre Dame game but I mean you know, a lot of people just complaining, complaining about it, saying that Alabama should have been in and they deserve to be in. Um, I got a soapbox that I want to get off my chest about it, but I don't know if you got anything that you want to say. Yeah, no, nah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I was, I was upset. I couldn't. I don't want to say enjoy because I was. It was hard to enjoy the game. Because it was a blowout. So it was kind of hard to enjoy because it was a blowout. But I couldn't fully get immersed in the game because that's all I was hearing is this game sucks. Alabama should have been in the playoff. This game sucks. Alabama should have been in the playoff. And my point to my coworker who was sitting next to me watching the game and to any, anybody else who's an Alabama fan is then don't lose two games. That's it. 
you know the criteria. Alabama has been in the playoff. The playoffs have been going on since 2014, so you're talking eight years, nine years. The playoff, Alabama's been in it six of those years or something like that. So you know what's going on. You know that no two-loss team has been in this thing. Not And you can, yeah, you lost tight to Tennessee last second field goal. Cool. Yeah, you lost tight to LSU. I believe, was it a two-point conversion? It was a two-point conversion. Yeah, I can't remember if it was overtime or not, but two-point conversion uh, regardless. I think, I think it was in regulation, but yeah. So two points. So I think that game, I think it was like combined four points or something like that that they lost to those two games in. That LSU loss is terrible. For people to continue to bring up the LSU loss, LSU went on and got beat almost by 20, like 15, by, by 15 points to Texas A&M and then got routed against Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's not a good loss. That's not a good loss. Not to mention that Tennessee routed LSU too in LSU. So for people to automatically, oh, Alabama should have been in and Georgia wouldn't do this to Alabama. Georgia would look better. I mean, Alabama would compete and this, that, and all that type of stuff. You know what? I agree. I agree. I think that the game would have been closer if Alabama was in it. I think that Alabama would have competed better. Hell, I think Alabama probably could have beat Georgia, if you want me to be completely honest with you. But you know what? Don't lose two games. You know what? Win the SEC West so you have a chance to play Georgia in the SEC championship game so you can show it then. But don't complain at the end at the end of the season when we watch the national championship and the game is not tight. I think Michigan would have would have gave Georgia a better fight. But guess what? You lost to you lost to uh, TCU. That ain't our fault. That ain't my fault. That ain't your fault. That ain't nobody else's fault but Michigan. You lost to TCU, not anybody else. USC, if you say USC would have given a better fight, don't lose to Utah twice. Them your only two losses. You lost to Utah twice, and then you turned around and lost to Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. So don't give me the USC talk either. Don't lose two games, bro. I got tired of hearing that. I got so tired of hearing that dur- during the game. If you want to see a better, if you want to be a, see a better game, then the better teams need to win. I think Alabama was probably better than TCU. I'm, I'm a, if I'm going to be honest, I think Alabama was probably better than TCU. I think Tennessee with a with a healthy handed hooker was probably better than TCU. But Tennessee had two had two losses as well. You lost to you lost to Georgia, and then you got whooped by South Carolina. Two losses. That's it. At that point in time, South Carolina was a bad loss too. So you had too many teams with two losses at that point at late in the season that were not good losses. But Alabama shouldn't have been in the playoff. There's a reason why they didn't get picked. They shouldn't have. I'm glad the committee didn't pick them. TCU, rightfully so, earned their way into the into the playoff, even with losing the Big 12 championship game. They earned their way into the national championship because they beat Michigan, the number two team in the nation. And they lost to Georgia. I think Georgia was just better than TCU. That's it. But all the Alabama fans can shut that up. You got an opportunity next year to to silence people and shut people up. But not this year. Sit on the sideline, watch the game like we did, and that's it. So 
Yeah, I, I have one too, bro. Like I just, I, it, it annoy, it, it just, oh, that annoyed me so much. It, that annoyed me so much, man. I, uh, <laughs> you, you, you yeah, I'm done. I'm done, bro. Now, you not even, you not even a Georgia fan. I'm not even a Georgia fan. I could care less that Georgia won. And that's how you feeling. So imagine. <laughs> Imagine how I'm feeling as a as a Georgia fan. That I like. It was like at halftime. It was thirty eight to seven, and a, and a lot of times, yes, you can be like, it's over. It's a wrap. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Woo, woo. However, I, I know these. T- I know the, the the past couple years. The this Georgia the Georgia teams has been different, mm-hmm. but I, I still got PTSD. Yeah. Second and twenty six. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got second and twenty six. I still got, I still got the, I still got it when Aaron Murray was trying to go down and who was trying to win that SEC championship game and, and yeah. uh, what's the name falls down and we don't have enough time to spike the ball to get another playoff in the mm-hmm. SEC championship game that twenty twelve yeah. year where Georgia might play Notre Dame instead of Alabama. I, I still got that. Mm-hmm. I still got the the, the year that the I think it was at the twenty twenty or no twenty nineteen no twenty nineteen was in LSU but. The the championship game where Tua is out and Jalen Hurst comes in and, and oh beats, the SEC beats. championship yeah yeah, yeah. I, 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 I still I still 18, had those so you yeah. know yeah yeah so you know I'm like I'm like man look if if that's one thing Georgia know how to do and I don't even want to talk about their professional team but you know that's one thing yeah 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 that they know how to do man it's not hold a lead so it's just kind of like for me you know now once they got the forty five to seven and fifty I was like. All right. Now I can say, all right, it's over. Like, I, it's, it's not gonna happen at this point. Yeah, we, we was laughing, and kidding, you know. So, you know, as as just a, a slight celebratory, I finish up a little bottle of champagne, man. I ain't gonna lie, I had a little bubbly. <laughs> I had a little bubbly, man. But like, as I'm as I'm like scrolling through Twitter, because it was mainly just Twitter, bro. As I'm scrolling through there, and I'm just I'm seeing the whole just. The whole time I'm like, granted, I get it. Yes, the game did suck because obviously you would like to see a competitive national mm-hmm. championship game. Because honestly, for the most part, outside of a few games here in the C, uh, CFP era, the championship games has been pretty good. Because normally yeah. the semis, we, we see ass kickings. Let's just be real. We see ass kickings in the semis, and then we yeah. have a pretty decent um you know, national championship game. Well, this year we got the opposite. We got mm-hmm. two two great semifinal games yeah. and just you know just Monday night just wasn't a good night for TCU and it was just all Georgia all the Alabama fans and Alabama players and just all the 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 college football fanatics as they want to say like just being so upset saying that TCU didn't deserve there's a difference in deserving to be there and belonging yeah you can't sit up here and tell me that TCU didn't deserve to be there and Alabama does when literally, if you look at the landscape of it, who in the hell else was the committee going to put in there? USC blew it Friday night to yep. Utah. If you want to be honest, Clemson blew it the, the week before that when they lost to, to South Carolina because they mm-hmm. had a chance. Um. So literally at that point there's two undefeated teams, which is Georgia and Michigan, and then you have two other teams that have one loss, which was literally TCU and Ohio State. 
who else was supposed to be in? Like, so, so, like, what are we getting at with that? Literally, TCU goes undefeated and then goes to the Big Twelve champ in overtime and lose on a, on a field goal. I can see if they got beat out by, like, two, three touchdowns or something like that. And, all right, cool, maybe you can make that. It's an overtime loss. And they're, they're in there. And then they go and beat Michigan in the semis. So now all of a sudden we get to the championship game and they just getting they they just it wasn't their night. They just getting their butts kicked. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden we're saying that they don't belong. They didn't belong or they don't deserve to be there. Like I was like, bruh. I was I, I tweeted it. I was like, bruh, y'all Bama fans are killing my mood, bruh. I just I don't know, like, y'all I'm killing tripping. it because y'all are so upset that y'all didn't make it. But like you said, win your damn games. You went, let's just I'm a, it's a shameless plug because it ain't for me, but I'm gonna just throw him out there, bro. There's a there's this, there's this guy, Jermaine Jermaine Funny Man Johnson. Yeah, he is a diehard Alabama fan, bro. And he is funny. <laughs> yes, bro, bro, bro is funny. He is funny. Him himself, diehard Alabama fan. He himself said it in the video, bro. This Alabama team is not a playoff team. <laughs> like he even said it. He was like, bro, and this is. This is, I think that was like Thanksgiving weekend. That wasn't even, that was, you yeah. know, that wasn't even championship weekend. Against, against, uh, weekend. against Auburn then. Again. Yeah, afterwards. He was just like, bruh, this is not, a cha- they're not a championship team like the normal, like the, the the Alabama teams we got accustomed to seeing. He was like, this is not a playoff caliber team, bruh. They don't, they don't, they're not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. If you got a guy who is diehard Alabama fans to sit up there and say, say that, what are we, what are we complaining about, bruh? Like, like you said, bro, win y'all damn games. You can get a chance to get in there, and we can go from there. But you lost two games. And like you said, Ned, then now that, that LSU loss really is bad because they messed around and lost, got beat by Texas A&M, who you struggled with as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it was just like, it, it, it killed me. And then people were just like, you got to choose the four best teams. Okay, so we just going to take winning out of the equation now. So that's, that's the thing. So, that's, that's, not, that's not the best four teams. That's that's the four teams that you most comfortable with watching. Because yeah. at that point, at that point, from the Big Twelve, all we were used to seeing is Oklahoma, and Oklahoma at that point hadn't got two. Couldn't they couldn't get past the semifinals because of a physicality like Lincoln Riley teams? If any less news flash to anybody, Lincoln Riley is a great football coach. He's a great football coach. They had a great year this year. Every Lincoln Riley team has a problem with physicality. Every Lincoln Riley team. The reason why they they couldn't get past the semifinals in in those games is from a physicality standpoint. They had a great game with Georgia, where Baker Mayfield and Jake Farm and those and uh, Sony Michelle and them. But even then, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb ran all over the field. Now they did what they wanted on offense as well. But outside of that game, they've had a problem with physicality. And then you go to USC this year. Who did they lose to twice? To a Utah team who was physical. Run the ball, play defense. Yep. So that's all it is because TCU is not a, is not a they're not a quote-unquote blue blood. They're not one of the bigger, more traditional programs in college football. So when you think Big 12, you think Oklahoma, Texas, not TCU. So that the fact that TCU was there and it's like, hmm. Um, I don't really know. TCU, like, yeah, well, TCU is undefeated. 
people still still don't give TCU their credit that they won five straight games against five ranked opponents at the time that they played them. The same the same um, the same credit they give Tennessee. They gave Tennessee the same credit. They played Florida when Florida was ranked. Florida finished six and six. It's the same thing. Yeah, okay, they finished. They didn't finish as well, but when they played them at that moment in time, they were they were ranked nationally in the country. So it's just people, like you said, it was it was a lopsided. I mean, I don't even know if lopsided does it justice. <laughs> It was a lopsided victory, and I get all of that. But win your games, win your games. And the tw- and the twelve team playoff would take care of some of this because yeah. Alabama would have got in this year. USC probably would have got in this year. Like t- Tennessee, like those teams would have got in, so they still would have had an opportunity to. But it's four teams. You lost twice. That's it. Bottom line: There you go, Naomi. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you say yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, nothing else to yeah, talk about, sure. man. Yeah, for sure. I just, you know, I just, man, to me, I was just like, that's that's wild to me that you're sitting up there and wanting to say that, bro. Like, oh, we didn't, they didn't have the four best team. Are, are you kidding me right now? What do you mean the four best? What? Bro, you have to win your games. Like, I'm, I'm sorry if you're not winning it. Yes, on, yes, probably on paper. And if you look at the team's roster, yes, Alabama is probably one of the four best teams. Yes, USC is probably one of the four best teams. I mean, on, with the roster that they have and the talent, and it, yes. But if you if you lose, let's just be if you lose two games, the way that the college with with, four, with a with a four team playoff, if you lose mm-hmm. two games, that's just pretty much we it's I known as telling you that I think you're out. You're out, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> automatic eliminator, just, man. Yeah, automatic eliminator. So at that point, you you playing for a, you know maybe a New Year's Six ball or something like that, and that's it. But you can you can really kiss the playoffs goodbye. Like that's just not gonna happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's that's just that with that man. I just, I know we just really had to. I you know I know for me, I just had to get that off. <laughs> that's cool. I, I, need, I needed like, to too, bro. Man. I needed to. Too. I was like, bro, I can't believe y'all really sitting here doing this instead of just instead of really just kind of being like, hey, there we go again, the SEC again, just you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just like y'all worrying about what one team ain't doing, and it's just like, man, look, if you take care of your business in the regular season, you'll get that opportunity, man. Um, and obviously, obviously now that's a wrap on the 2022 season for college football. Um, obviously, people are already looking ahead <laughs> to next year because that's just what that's just what we do here. Um, Georgia is looking like to seem like to be in. They're already favored as uh, the favorites to to win the national championship next year to repeat. Well, to threepeat. Sorry. Um, yeah. Now there's obviously you have them and there's. There's a um, probably Ohio State, and then there's probably, of course, Alabama's gonna be there. USC's probably gonna be there. Um, what are some teams that you are looking at who um, they may not, you know, it's way too early, obviously, but just looking mm-hmm. ahead, they may not be in that conversation right now as far as a team to be in that that trying to win a national championship conversation, but they could really end up being in there come September, October. Uh, no, you know, November or whatever, as we get closer and closer to you know the next calendar, the football calendar schedule. 
Yeah. I think Notre Dame is a team that people might need to look into, especially with them getting Sam Hartman, uh, quarterback, graduate transfer quarterback from Wake Forest. Um, that was a big pickup. That was a big pickup for them. I think he's going to be able to open up their offense. Obviously, if you if you've been watching ACC football and paying attention to, to Wake Forest and what they've been able to do offensively, he's he's broken a lot of the records for like career records for passing yards, if not all of them, passing yards, uh, touchdowns, um, completion percentage, all that all that stuff for a career in the ACC. So him going to Notre Dame going. Pairing up with Marcus Freeman and that offense, obviously they lose Isaiah Foxy and they lose um, uh, Michael Mayer. But I believe they they'll be able to have another tight end, some other guys on defense that can come help them out and do their do their thing. I'm up there in Notre Dame. I think that's a, that's a team that they need to look out for. That the country should maybe be looking out for is Notre Dame. I don't know if Carolina's bringing back their quarterback. I don't know what all North Carolina is bringing back as far as skill positions and defense. But Drake May did his thing this year uh, for Mac Brown down in down in Chapel Hill. Um, obviously, Clemson won uh, won that conference this year, so they're still the top dog. Uh, Florida State is a team. I know they're losing some key pieces on defense, um, but I think. Uh, the receiver, his name is slipping my mind right now. Uh, I want to say it's Johnny. I know his first name is Johnny. I can't remember his, his last name, but oh like, man, I, I think he's like I six seven, right either, six bro. seven receiver. But yeah. Florida State with their quarterback, I think they'll be ready to make some noise um, as well. Those those teams right now, um, I think I think Notre Dame, I think Florida State. Definitely have a have a good shot at it. I know um, Spencer Rattler just came out and and, and um, decided that he's going to go back. He'll be back at South Carolina uh, this year. So getting him back coming off of a, coming off of eight wins this year, um, a tough loss to Notre Dame in their bowl game. I think that's another team that might be on the lookout. And then Tennessee, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. I don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. I don't know if Hooker is going to come back or if Milton is going to be your guy, but. We if as long as you have a trigger man in that offense, I know the offensive coordinator left to go be the head coach at, at USF. But as long as you have a trigger man with that offense, it can go. So um, those are a couple teams. I yeah, you try to stay away from some of the known teams, but those are a couple teams I would say should be probably in your radar. I think Notre Dame and Florida State for sure are two teams that can make a serious serious push for a for a playoff spot this upcoming fall. Caleb, Caleb Williams is he? He was only a sophomore, right? Yeah, he's you know he's a sophomore. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. One more team. Cam Rising is going back to Utah. Mm. Cam Rising is going back to Utah. The quarterback for Utah, he's going back. They've won two back-to-back Pac-12 championships. They had a tight loss to Oregon. They lost to Oregon by three, and I think they lost to they lost another tight game as well. I know they lost to Oregon by three and someone else. Um, as well. So uh, Utah is another team. Everybody's talking about obviously USC being in the Pac-12, but then also um, obviously Deion Sanders being at Colorado. Tell you something right now. It sounds all good, and I hope I hope, and I know that Deion's going to do a great job, and I hope they win a lot of games, and 
he's able to do the things that he wants to be able to do. Everybody talking about Colorado winning that conference or him winning the conference in USC. Utah is two-time back-to-back conference championship, uh, conference champions. The team that Colorado needs to be gunning for is Utah, not USC, not Oregon. Utah is running the, the Pac-12 right now. So Utah is another team. They've been knocking on the door back-to-back, um, back-to-back Rose Bowl appearances. They've lost both of those. But that's a team that if they can make it to that, make it to November undefeated, you, you need to be – you need to be on the on the lookout for Utah for the use. Nah, for for sure. Uh, I, when I when I looked at it, bro, I put I put the whole Pac twelve, bro. The Pac twelve is gonna be uh, really? probably the from from top to bottom. It's probably gonna be the best conference, like as a whole. I mean, obviously, there's gonna. I mean, you know, the the, the uh, SEC and the Big Ten, they have like their heavy hitters, and mm-hmm. obviously over in the ACC, there's Clemson. Uh, I, I I like that you mentioned Florida State. I had them down there as well, um, and and then you mentioned you know Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. It probably either be Joe Milton or um, a young Nico, who's the freshman that's coming in. Yeah, um, it'll probably be between one of those, um, one of those guys. Probably end up being Milton. Um, LSU is returning a lot yeah. of guys back too. Um, yeah, that's so that's 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 there. Um, but man. That that Pac-12 from top to bottom. I mean, Washington. They Michael Penix is coming back for another year, so Washington's there. They Ooh, won eleven okay. games. Uh, both obviously with Bo Nix and Oregon, him coming mm-hmm. back another year. Um, they, they're always solid. Like you said, you mentioned Utah, back two-time defending Pac-12 champions. So it's crazy. Like you said, everybody's mentioning all these other schools and not mentioning the team who's been winning the conference the past couple years, which is Utah. Um, that they, they're there. Uh, obviously, we know what USC has with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, and all those. Obviously, the transport, the transfer portal has been their friends, so they're probably mm-hmm. getting some more. Um, and, and like you mentioned, Deion Sanders being there. I mean, that that schedule they got is kind of brutal, but um, you know, I think from some for me, top to bottom as a whole, the Pac-12 might be the, might be the deep, deepest conference. It might not necessarily be the best. Okay. Um, I know people want to you know go from there, but just they have a lot of interesting things. I mean, Oregon State uh, with DJ yeah. Unglalele transferring mm-hmm. over there coming, so uh, they had a sneaky good year last year. So it's just it's a lot of um it's a lot of good teams over there in the Pac-12. So they had a dominant uh, bowl win too. Oregon yeah. State they had a dominant bowl win uh, too over, over Florida. Yeah, yeah, over Florida. So I mean, there's uh there's gonna be um a lot of interesting things to look over there in the Pac-12. So, to me, that 2023 is definitely look over there for them. Um, mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, Florida State, because they, they got a lot coming back. And we mentioned Tennessee, LSU, um, just, you know, outside of, like, your normal school. So, just trying to figure out uh, what to do there. So, it's going to be an uh, interesting 2023, 2023 season coming up for those teams because I think a lot of those teams we mentioned are going to be on that big preseason hype train. So, easy, yeah. you know, they can either – Live up to it, or you could be Texas A and M. Boy, not Texas A and M, not Texas A and M. Yeah, it's gonna be. They're gonna make some. There's definitely gonna be some big things. And then you talking about some of the. If you talk about some of the teams that we, you more traditional teams like, you mentioned Georgia. Georgia got to figure out what they're gonna do at quarterback. Alabama. Alabama's had to figure out what they're gonna do at quarterback. Right now, C.J. Stroud hasn't decided whether he's coming back or not. He hasn't said anything yet. Um, obviously, Blake Corm is going back to Michigan. Um, Michigan Caleb Williams going. You know, he's he's not eligible for the draft, so he'll be back at USC. So, um, but 
like the the Georgias, the Alabamas, um, the Ohio States potentially, you got to figure out what that quarterback situation is going to be. And that's going to dictate a lot for those teams, finding finding that quarterback and seeing if they have another guy um, lying in wait to take over the reins and, and do their thing. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm sad that it's over. <laughs> man. I'm sad, I'm sad man. that it's over, man. I'm sad it's over. It is, it is sad, man. But hey, before you know it, it be time for it be time for spring ball and Boy. and it be time, you know, then fall summer camp, fall camp, we be right back at it again, right before we know it. So yeah, we will blink, you know, we will blink for and sure. We'll be there. For sure, but man, once again, congratulations to uh, University of Georgia going back to back national champions. Um, a, a lot of people, for a couple of few people I saw the past few days as well, been trying to say, trying to throw that D word out there. I'm, I, I still say hold your horses. Yeah, that's, I I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like it. Yeah, uh, we, it is a lot of young guys still coming back. The schedule is very favorable next season uh, for sure. Uh, it, it, it is, it's real favorable for them to probably. No less than ten games. If they lose less than ten games next season, that's pr- probably going to be a disappointment. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would. I would. I'm, I'm not. I'm not ready to throw that word. I would hold on that. They've had a good. They've yeah. had a good two years, but nah. You got to have some more longevity. Two years yeah. is a little too early for me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not there yet either. But it's going to be interesting to see, man. Can't wait for the college football season to start back up again. Um, moving on here to the to the NFL now. Um, the playoffs is getting ready to start starting this weekend, obviously, with Super Wild Card weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, everybody is playing outside of the one seed. So, of course, we know Kansas City and Philadelphia both, respectively, are the one seed. So, they got that bye week. Um, the two seeds are Buffalo and uh, San Francisco. We got the three seed um, is, I believe, it's Cincinnati and Minnesota. Uh, your four seeds are... Uh, Jacksonville and Tampa Bay, and then your your, your three wild card teams from each side. You got the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the uh, Miami Dolphins, who 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 uh, who got in last second. That uh, that AFC is going to be interesting with these with everything that happened, with everything that's going on, and you know with the Bills and the, and the Bengals and everything. So um, they obviously they they announced today that um, the AFC championship game is going to be in the city. And when I say the city, that means in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> so my yeah. first question was going to be, do you want to go? <laughs> I mean, do you want to go hey, to the if game? It ends up, if, if it ends up being, if it ends up being, that's if, that's if it ends up being Chiefs Bills, right? I think it's, I think it's regardless. Chiefs, I think it's regardless. I think regardless. it's regardless now. Um, I, mean, I think it's regardless now. I, I, or as long as the Bills and the Bengals are involved, I think that at least that. But I think yeah. it might be regardless. I think it might be regardless. But yeah, um, I, but yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I think it's. Um, I think that's fair to put it to put it in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, it's inside. There's obviously the, the dome's probably gonna be closed, mm-hmm. um, so that way weather won't affect anything. Um, nobody can really say that there's a. A distinct home field advantage. Um, yeah, both teams will kind of require. Well, any of those, I guess, those top three teams, if it comes down to it, will probably it will have to require some traveling, so nobody yeah. can feel like 
you know, well, this is this is not fair to this, this is not fair to that. So, uh, I mean, I think it's still kind of weird that the fact that they are going to have it in a neutral site for an, uh, a conference <laughs> championship game. Yeah. But it kind of it's kind of going to kind of give that uh almost like a college feel to it maybe that playoff game type that, of feel yeah, yeah you know that the fact that two teams are having to travel to a neutral spot um no matter you know no matter the distance so um i think it's, it's going to be interesting to see i'm glad that the nfl found a way to uh i guess you know work something out on it cuz mm-hmm. i can it, it probably could have been bad if it ended up if they just kept it how it was and Let's just say it's Kansas City Buffalo in the AFC Championship game, and Kansas City wins because they had the home field advantage, and all the Bill fans are gonna be like, "But we beat them." Yeah, <laughs> you know it. what I'm saying? So, that's it's just, it. um, I think that's good that they handled it. They handled it that way. Um, they were sure, looking. But, I know they were looking at. They were looking at Pittsburgh. I know they were looking at Detroit. They really wanted to do Indy, but mm. Indy already has something scheduled for that weekend. Um, so uh, I guess I guess uh, Mercedes Benz was was open and they're like okay yeah you know we'll take it. So like you said, it brings to the point of okay every whoever it is has a little bit of traveling to do, regardless if it's Kansas City, Buffalo, Bengals, whoever it is, everybody has a little a little distance to travel and stuff. So um, I'm the same as you. I'm happy that they have figured this whole thing out. Um, I'm happy that Demar Hamlin is doing better. Um, and at least he's right. back in Buffalo um, and, uh, and and everything. So I'm glad they've been able, been able to figure it out, get it nailed down, and we know what's going, you know, what's going on, what's going forward. So um, we can kind of just worry about football right now and get back to get back to worrying about football with with Hamlin feeling better and everything. So, um, but yeah, I told my office, my offensive coordinator, he's a a big, he's the first Bills fan I've ever, I've ever been around. And they are insane. And I told them, though, last year when the Falcons played the Bills um, up in Buffalo, they played them in January. And I told them there there was no way I was going to a game in Buffalo in January. I'm not doing that. I'm not that crazy. (laughs) Nah. Um, nah. But I told them, I was like, well, if the Bills go to the AFC Championship this this year, I'll go with you. It's in Atlanta. It's in Doors. I'll go. (laughs) I'll go. Nah, nah, I don't want to go. Oh my uh, God! It's too hot. It's too hot. <laughs> what? <laughs> so like, man, I'm it's, having... it's gonna be like 74 in there, bro. Climate no, control. Yeah. Is gonna be well, he straight. just talking about outside. He, you know, you want to be out there in the cold. And I'm like, man, look, you, you tripping, bro? You tripping? You going in that in that cool, just controlled environment? We good. But you do one thing that he did mention is you lose the elements part of it, and that's a big advantage. For Buffalo, going to Buffalo is they. One of the things he always says is, when they think it's cold, it's just right for us. So when you go up there to play in Buffalo, when it's cold and it's snowing and the wind is blowing, that's what they want to play in. That's what those fans want you to come up there and experience. And so to lose that aspect of it, the in the elements, the cold, the wind, all that stuff, kind of takes away that part of where it feels more like college football. It doesn't feel like the NFL where you're dealing with that stuff. So um, that part is gone, but, hey, it is what it is. You try to make it fair for both teams and, and go from there. The only other place I feel like that might have made sense would be playing in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh yeah. is kind of the same deal. It's, it's still going to yeah. be cold up here. and uh, You know, Pittsburgh's an hour and a half away from here, but it'll still be cold and all that type of stuff. So. But I'm just I'm happy they got it nailed down. 
Yeah. Uh, so it looks like it is if it's if it ends up being just Chiefs and Bills, um, it's going to be in Atlanta. So I guess if it's anything outside of that, it'll be in whoever's home stadium is there. But if it's if Chiefs, it's, Bills, if it's Bengals, if it's Chiefs, Bengals, they got to go to Kansas City. Oh, I would. Are you for real? <laughs> Oh, well, that's, that's what it's saying here. That's what it's saying here. It's only only if it's Bills Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> so even right, because now you got to. Nobody's Once thinking again, about that. If, 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 if I'm the Bengals fan, we just beat them the too. The stick. Yeah, we just beat them too, and we were up on the Bills. Who knows what won that game? But we we beat the Chiefs. We were up on the bills at that point in the game when everything happened, but we beat the Chiefs too. Why do we have to go there? That's that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. You earn. You earn your number one seed. You earn home field advantage, and the Chiefs have done that the past couple years. I have no issue with that, but I do want to see the Chiefs go on the road and win a playoff game at some point in time. Right. At some point, it's nothing against them. But at some point in time, I want to see Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, Andy Reid, the enemy, take them boys on the road to Buffalo, to Cincinnati, to wherever, and win a playoff game and not play at home. Go on the road and do it. Go on the road yeah. and do it. They earned You earned the number one seed, and this year was weird circumstances. But if I'm a Bengals fan, like that, 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 that ain't right, man. That ain't right. That ain't right. Uh, that's that's. I don't know how that got worked out to where I got to go back to Kansas City, but whatever, man. It is what it, it is. It's tough. That's tough, man. But so ready to see how that'll go um, for the for the playoffs there. Yeah, of course, at the end of the at the end of the regular season, it seems like every year we have a, a, a handful of coaches that end up uh, getting relieved of their duties or. They say pardon ways, <laughs> um, a, a lot of different yeah. times, depending on who the coach is, I guess, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's going on. So, obviously, right now, this year, we have uh, – there's five head coaching vacancies right now. Uh, we got the Carolina Panthers, who obviously they fired Matt Rule um, earlier mm-hmm. in the season. Um, and Steve Wilson was the, the interim coach, who I think he did a pretty good job to even get them – they had a chance hard up to week seventeen to basically kind of win the division mm-hmm. um, against against Tampa. Um, it kind of fell up, fell short. Um, the Arizona Cardinals let go of Cliff Kingsbury after you know a disappointing twenty twenty two season for them um, after making the playoffs the year before that. Um, and we know how much of a just a, a fire dumpster pretty much that was. And not kind of say we didn't see it coming, but you know. It is what it is with that. Um, obviously, we know the uh, Indianapolis Colts have a, a mm-hmm. open vacancy there. Uh, them firing uh, Frank Wright and Jeff Saturday end up being the interim coach. Um, they have a, a, a top ten draft pick, so interesting to see what happens there. Um, Nathaniel Hackett didn't even last a full season <laughs> uh, for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um, and then I think probably the most dis- dysfunctional one, obviously, the Houston Texans um, letting Lovey Smith go. Um, after one season, once again, Houston's just one and done um, with their coaches, um, which that's that's in itself is a whole another episode, which <laughs> that'll <laughs> that'll have to come at another time for sure as we kind of get close on time. But for so that for now, we have those five those five coaching vacancies. Rank them one to five. 
as you from one as being the best, five is the worst. Of jobs that okay, just best jobs. Yeah. I I think the best job right now is probably the Carolina Panthers. I think the best job is probably the Carolina Panthers. Now you have a question at quarterback, you gotta figure that part out. But you got a defense that played well and really led this team all year. Um I'll say this, if the Panthers don't don't hire Steve Wilkes, they're they're fools. The fact that, and as bad as the division was, and Lord knows, I know that division was bad, he had Carolina, who I thought was dead to rights, finish the season strong, and were seven points away, eight points away from winning the game and, and potentially winning that division and being in the playoffs. Whereas the team at the beginning of the year, we didn't think had a shot to do anything. So uh, I would say Carolina, I think the next best job would probably be mm, would probably be man. I would say it would be Denver. I think the next best job would be Denver. I know with all the stuff of Russell Wilson, you know, him just not playing well really at all towards the until towards the end of the season, the last couple of games where he kind of looked more like himself um, a little bit, but that defense was still one of the best defenses in the National Football League. And I and I heard a stat today, it was today or yesterday, that said if <laughs> if the Denver Broncos had scored eighteen points in at least eighteen points in all of their games, they would be thirteen and four. Bruh. <laughs> if the Denver Broncos had scored eighteen points in all of their games, they would at least be 13-4, and four, meaning that probably Kansas City would have one more loss. So you're talking about you're a playoff team. Regardless whether you win the division or not, you're a playoff team. You're a top team in the, in the, in the conference, and people are talking about you like how we were talking about you b- before the season as being a true contender for a Super Bowl run. <laughs> for a Super Bowl run. So I think if you get the, the, uh, the coach in there that can – Obviously, Russell Wilson has to play better. Maybe you need get you a, a guy that can really figure out and get that team to mesh and gel and get Russell Wilson back to playing how he was. I think that would be next. So I would go Carolina, Denver. The one I'm torn on is is, is Indy and Arizona. Those two are those two are almost identical to me where it's you have like a, like a 3A, 3B for sure. Yeah, because you have Indianapolis with a team where you dealt with injuries. They had injuries. Obviously, Darius, Darius Leonard didn't play a whole lot this year. And for a team that has the offensive line that they have, they could not run the football. If there was one thing that we figured Indianapolis would be able to do is run the ball, and they couldn't do that this year. So that was weird. Um, and Matt Ryan, they've dealt with quarterback issues as well. They just haven't been able to find a quarterback since Andrew Luck, since Andrew Luck um, decided to retire. And then in Arizona, you got Kyler Murray, all the stuff with Kyler Murray um, going on. And um, that's really the biggest thing right now in Arizona. They have some pieces on defense, some young pieces on defense, some young pieces on offense. But it's, I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury was that guy. And Kyler Murray has to figure some things out. Um, being a quarterback, there's no way in hell I would take that Houston Texans job. I'm 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 so done with Houston. We talked about it on this show a couple of years ago. I don't I don't want to go too far off on the tangent because, but 
when they hired Dave Cudley, I was we were on this show and I said on this show, I don't even remember who that was. I didn't like who is David Cully? Who is David Cully and why are you hiring him? And then you let the man go knowing knowing all the stuff that was going on with Deshaun Watson that whole year. Deshaun Watson didn't play, if not the whole season, but um, yeah, he didn't play that whole season because of all the things that was going that he had going on. Houston was a mess that year. And you let him go and you fired him. And then as soon as they hired Lovey Smith, I said, he's a placeholder. He's not going to make it. He's a placeholder. And Michael Irvin said it earlier this week on first take. You fired that man because he won a football game. Regardless, you wanted the number one pick or not, you fired him because he won a football game. What he's getting paid to do. Now, at that point, you probably you probably were paying him to lose that game so you could have the number one pick. But you pay him to win football games. And Houston actually was playing pretty solid towards the end of the season. They were competitive enough. They pushed the Chiefs to they pushed the Chiefs to a tight game. They pushed uh, Dallas had to go ninety eight yards on them to beat them. Like they were playing some tough competitive football towards the end of the year, and they won a game on Sunday. And people were saying, well, they it was a meaningless game. They shouldn't have won. This down the third. Your job is to go win games. That's it. The Bears have the number one pick. If the Bears. If the Bears pick a quarterback at number one, they're dumb because there's no way there's no way they should let go of Justin Fields. So your quarterback should still be there at number two or whatever whatever pick they have. Your pick should still be there. So I went. Houston is number thirty two, and there's not thirty two jobs open, but Houston is number thirty two. <laughs> Houston is number thirty two. There's no way. There's no way I would go to Houston. No way. There's no way you're not going. They I mean, don't give. They're not giving anybody any time to change anything over there, man. I think it's like they have four four head coaches in the last five, like four or five, six years or something like that. Like they, yeah. They, Houston is a joke right now. That organization is a joke. Yeah, so. it's a, it's for sure, for sure a joke of a franchise. Um, I I agree with you with the kind of pretty much like the level of the teams. Um. I, I do kind of like, I do kind of like maybe Arizona just a little bit more than the Colts. I mean, like I said, okay. it's kind of tit for tat though. Yeah. Um, it's just really just trying to figure out who's gonna come in and what can they do with Calibre. Because I honestly, I think, I think the season for the Cardinals was was over with before the season started when the contract came out and the whole. Basically, like do your homework, watch film thing that yeah. we had to have, and I think when they went out, it was just like, there's no way that they're gonna have a good season because at this point now you're basically telling us that this man don't watch film. Yeah. Like that's a, <laughs> that's essentially like what you yeah. was telling the world. So yeah, it was just yeah. kind of like, it was just kind of like, uh, that was kind of a that was a doom from the start from the season there. And then I mean, the coach has been having bad luck with just injuries and mm-hmm. um, doing the whole rent a quarterback pretty much. Basically, like it's just it's. It's time for them to go ahead and, and draft somebody. It's just yes. it is what it is. Yes. Yeah, it is. So it those two those two probably could be interchangeable. Um as it's I don't know. Arizona was just I don't know, man. It was just a mess there. It was just a mess there. Here's here's my thing with Houston though, right? Like, why are you I Drafting Lovey Smith, I mean not drafting, hiring Lovey Smith, um 
I can't. I, like you said, we knew at that point, like it was just he was being a placeholder. Mm-hmm. But why give him? Why give him three years or four years, whatever the contract was, if you just go, if you was gonna let him go after one, just because he won a football game? And now coming to find out, we're hearing that he wasn't even their first choice. They wanted the draft. I mean, they wanted to hire Josh McCown, who has never coached in the NFL. All he has done is coach high school football, but. They pretty much basically just hired Lovey Smith to CYA mm-hmm. or CTA cover cover their ass because Brian Flores was dealing with what he was dealing with with the NFL and the discrimination of hiring and the fact that they were going to hire a guy who had never coached in the NFL just coached high school and then you have a person of Lovey Smith stature who has a a very fine uh, mm-hmm. track record you know being yeah. an offensive coordinator being a head coach coaching. A team to a Super Bowl, like so. My thing is, if <laughs> if you didn't want the guy anyway, why hire him? Who, because who cares? Y'all a joke of a franchise anyway. I would have rather you just go ahead and draft. I mean, hire McCown, and we still, because we still was gonna talk bad about it regardless. Yeah. The fact that you was gonna hire somebody who doesn't have any type of head coaching experience in the NFL, yeah, to be a head coach. Not a not a coordinator, not a not even like what Jeff Saturday was like an advisor to the team that was yeah, around yeah. the team. Like mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't even none of that. This was just we. That's who we want, but we ain't gonna hire him right now because of what's going on in the league. So we gonna hire him just to make us somewhat look good, and then you still get rid of him after one season. It's a joke. Houston Houston is just a joke of a franchise, bro. And I'm right there with you. I don't know who wants to go take that job. <laughs> I don't know who they're gonna get. They better go call Josh McCown, man. They better go call. At this him, point, they, they might they might as well just go ahead and do it. And I mean, and we gonna we gonna we gonna talk about it and ridicule and be like, "Hey, y'all gonna hire a guy who's never coached in the NFL before?" Okay. And I hate it for him because I mean, he might not be safe. They might hire him, and he okay. They don't have a good year. Okay, you gone too. So it, you know who knows. But yeah, I I I I'm far 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 away from that Houston job. I would stay far away from that Houston job. Yeah, I, I, if, if if that got offered to me, I'd probably turn it down. I, I might rather go coach it. I might rather go coach it uh, a, a, a bad P5 school or Man. <laughs> go, go somewhere in a mid-major and just deal with some young, just deal with some young kids instead of dealing with what's going on. I'd rather go to Oakland High School in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. <laughs> no, seriously, bro. <laughs> seriously, man. But we'll, we'll see what happens here as, as time goes on, and these uh, these coaches uh, coaching vacancy gets filled in um, because probably the guys that they might be looking there are probably like assistant coaches or deep defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators that's on these teams in the playoffs. Because um, we're hearing a lot of D'Amico Ryan's yeah. um, names is fluttering a lot. Uh, a few other coaches who is uh, I've heard Dan Quinn. Getting, I've heard of Dan Quinn. Yeah, Dan Dan Quinn is getting the same like he's getting another shot here somewhat. Um, obviously, the the biggest name in 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 coaching now is everybody's trying to get Sean Payton to yeah. see what he uh, if he wants to return back and and, and get back into it. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens over these next few months when um, these vacancies start to get um, get filled over because that's pretty much the time where it's gonna happen. Um, man, on the football field, Super Wildcard Weekend is here. Um, man, I think this is probably like it, this is starting to get up there with kind of like 
March Madness, um, you know, All Star Weekend. Think things. It's, I think it's starting to get up there. Just the fact that you get that whole weekend of just you know football, man. Like it's 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 amazing. And the fact that you know it's just one game, single elimination. You never know what can happen. Um, but Saturday games, we got. Um, that two seed in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers playing against the seven seeded uh, Seattle Seahawks, who probably I hope they have given Detroit uh, the Detroit Lions a, a, a big gift or, or anything like that for sure for <laughs> knocking the Packers out of the playoffs and letting Seattle get in. Yeah. Um, there's there's that game and then the the primetime game that Saturday night is uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars being back in the playoffs for the first time since uh, that 2017 run that they had, uh, which. They probably should have went to the Super Bowl, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a chance to host a playoff game against um, Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, so if you look at those Saturday night, those Saturday matchups. Um, I, I think the the game to watch is probably the the the, the Chargers Jaguars game, just because. I'm not trying to like discredit Seattle or nothing like that, but I just I just think San Francisco is gonna be too much. But I'm wanting to see the Chargers Jaguars just because we got two young quarterbacks here, first time in the playoffs. Um, we've been we've been itching to want to see Justin Herbert here in the playoffs, and because the, the Chargers been so close, um, they haven't yeah. had it. And then now uh, Trevor Lawrence in his second year, uh, which I, I will put an asterisk on it. I want to give him a mulligan because I don't want to count his rookie year as it really being his rookie year because of all the situation that he had going on. But um, his his second year and Doug Peterson turning that 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 franchise around and now uh, winning that division in the AFC South. Uh, to me, I think that's the that's the game that I want to see most uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I would agree with you. I I, I think San Francisco is going to be a lot. Um, obviously, it's. I don't know if they've beaten. I don't know if they've beaten Seattle both times. Um, they obviously, did. being the, they did. I was. It's yeah. it's, it's going to be tough being being a divisional opponent three times. But um, I think San Francisco will be able to handle handle and and win that game. I have been waiting to see Justin Herbert and the Chargers in the playoffs. I thought they were going to get in last year. I thought they were going to get in the year before that. Like, I want to see this dude and these guys in the playoffs because they have a good – like, they have a good football team. With Herbert at quarterback, with Austin Eckler, who over the past couple of years has been a top 10, some would argue possibly top five running back in the league. You have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Evans. You have – I mean, like, excuse me, Mike Williams. You have uh, Josh Palmer on offense. You have some weapons. On offense, then you flip over the defense with Joey Bosa, with Khalil, with Khalil Mack, with Asante Samuel Jr., what he's been doing, with Derwin James leading that secondary. You got some guys over there on, on that uh, on that team for the Chargers, and it's like they could be a serious problem and make a run in the playoffs here. And then you have Jacksonville starting off um, the season the way that they did and turning around and um, and winning their games and getting into the playoffs by beating the Titans uh, for the second time you know, in the season this past weekend. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and those guys, the way that defense has been, has been playing. I think this is this is the game to watch uh, for or on Saturday. It's only two games, but I think this is the game to watch, the Chargers and the Jaguars. I, I am excited about that one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, man, so who we got? We got San Francisco, Seattle. Uh, like you said, third time meeting up. 
Uh, who you got winning that one? I'm gonna take San Francisco. I'm gonna take San Francisco. It's, it's gonna be tough beating beating Seattle for a third time. Um, Brock Purdy is gonna have to play well, and you know not how he's gonna react. First time, I mean, you're talking about this. <laughs> he gets thrusted into the into the into the starting right. role, and now he's leading the team through the playoffs. And a lot of people, I know, I'm in my opinion, the two teams that I have coming out of the NFC are either the, the 49ers or the Eagles. So, and that's a lot of people who feel like the 49ers could come out and make it to the Super Bowl, potentially win it. So this, you know, this guy is <laughs> thrust into a position where he has a chance to to compete for a Super Bowl. Um, but I think that defense is going to be too much. I think they'll be jacked up, ready to rock and roll. I think Brock Purdy um, will be able to make enough plays. Um, obviously, give the ball to Christian McCaffrey, get the ball to to Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. Um, I don't know when deep. I don't know if Debo will be back or not. Um, I don't know if he's back or not yet, but um, if he's back, you know, being able to get him back into a rhythm and everything. So I'm going to go with, C, uh, with San Francisco. I think there's just, there's just too much. Yeah, I'm going to roll with uh, San Francisco too. Um, I, I, it's, it's a great year for Seattle um, that they uh, make making the playoffs for sure um, because obviously we thought once the trade for Russell Wilson happened, we thought that – they were they were going to be the ones that's trying to basically kind of not necessarily tank, but have one of those bad records and end up getting mm-hmm. one of these quarterbacks next year with all the assets that they were getting from these draft picks. But um, the fact that they're going to the playoffs, the Broncos did so bad that they got a they got a top ten pick that's there too, so they can <laughs> yeah. add on to it um, and everything. But um, both matchups that they had against um, San Francisco, they they were dominated. Um, and pretty much it's still the same group of guys there. It's just the fact that it's just a different quarterback. It's Brock Purdy. I don't know. Well, he might have played in the second matchup. I'm not sure when it was. But uh, the fact that it's there at home for them, that defense is going to be rocking, that crowd is going to be rocking. Uh, Christian McCaffrey back there. I mean, you mm-hmm. named all the weapons, man. I just think um, I just think it's going to be too much San Francisco for, for Seattle. And I think they go ahead and, and they move on to um, the, the next round. Mm-hmm. And then that, that nightcap. Um, obviously, Chargers, Jaguars, uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Who you got winning that one? Mike Williams is still up in the air. Don't know if he's going to play. Yeah. That's the thing. The Chargers have been later with injuries as well. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning – I'm leaning towards picking the Chargers. The Jaguars make it tough. Jacksonville makes it tough because they're hot right now and they're playing good ball. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I think that Justin Herbert will be able to make enough plays to win that football game. I think Austin Eckler is gonna have a big night. And I think that that defense comes up with a couple big plays or turnover. Um a, a, a late a late sack, whatever it is, I think they make one or two plays that changes the game and wins it for for LA and they'll move on to the next round. I think that um it'll be a close game. I believe the spread is one and a half. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one and a half. One and a half so, so it's, it's going this is almost, Yeah. So yeah. um this is gonna be a close game, hard fought, but I'm gonna roll with and I, I'll, I'll be completely transparent. I think that this pick is has a lot to do with me wanting to see Justin Herbert do well. 
um, and, and be able to make a little run in the playoffs. But I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I'm gonna pick the Chargers. I am. I am gonna roll with the Chargers too. Um, I feel like. Uh, I feel like all the home teams can possibly put a lot. Well, it's a couple of them that that could get upset, and I think that. Even though the Jaguars do have that home field advantage, I just think uh, naturally I feel like that uh, the Chargers can make just a couple of more plays mm-hmm. more than what than what Jacksonville can do. Um, and I'm kind of right there with you. I do want to see like Justin Herbert kind of kind of you know make that like not necessarily like the Joe Burrow run, but just kind of like get that get that first playoff game, that first win and. Then let's see him go up against to where it could possibly be mm-hmm. Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow in, yeah. that, in that in that second round, and we're just we is it just it, it seems right. I mean, I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence isn't that that one either. We, mm-hmm. I would like it's, it's cool if he makes it too. So I think it's not a it's not a right or wrong answer really on it, but uh, I do think that the Chargers can make just a couple of more plays and end up coming out on top. Um, against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, then you got those Sunday matchups. We got three games on Sunday. Um, there's uh, the Miami Dolphins going up to Buffalo, uh, playing the Bills again, which the last time those two teams played, that was a that was a hell of a game mm-hmm. uh, between those two. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got another rematch. Matter of fact, all the Sunday games are rematches. Uh, the Giants and the Vikings playing each other back in um, – in, in Minneapolis, that was on Christmas Eve, I believe. That was a uh, a crazy I game. So, I want to say, I want to say that was one of those games where Justin Jefferson had like nine, ten catches, a hundred yards or so. Uh, Greg, Greg Joseph made another game in the field goal, mm, sixty-one um, yarder. Of course, yeah, sixty, yeah, sixty-one yarder. And then of course that nightcap is uh, going to be uh, the AFC North um, division right there, which is between the Baltimore Ravens and uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. What what's the game for you on Sunday that sticks out the most? Right now it's Minnesota and, and New York. That's the game. Minnesota's got to show up. I I don't know how else to put it. I don't know like you won thirteen games, regardless of all the troubles that they had. You won thirteen games, and you want to be recognized as one of the better teams, not just in the conference in the NFC, but in the NFL. There aren't a lot of people that have confidence in the Vikings right now winning this football game. They need to show up. They need to show up. And Brian Dayboy with the Giants has done a great job getting that team turned around and having and getting a playoff berth. Um, obviously, you know, you got the health issues a couple years ago with Saquon and even last year and then you hire Joe Judge, and that's, you know. But he's done a great job coming in there and changing that culture and getting that team. And really, for a quarterback, a guy that a lot of people wrote off and, and Daniel Jones, kind of reviving his career a little bit and getting him, getting him playing. He isn't one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's he's playing solid. So I think that's the game to look, look to because – Minnesota, you you it's time to put up a shut up. Like you've been playing bad. You've been playing bad football over these last couple of weeks. It's time for you to show up and play some good football 
it's playoff time now. So um, none of that your record in the, in the your record in the regular season doesn't matter anymore. You O and O. Everybody's O and O. So I think that's the game to watch. I, I think that one. Yeah, I think that one is too. Just because it's kind of bare. Minnesota is like so. It's so Jekyll and Hyde, bro. Like they're either they're either in a close game or they getting their butts handed to. It's it's like it's no in between. They've I don't think they've had a game where they just like dominated yeah. uh the their opposing team. I feel like all of their games outside of like that that Green Bay game where they they just kinda they didn't have it. And um I think that first time that they played uh Detroit, um it just wasn't um those those games wasn't good, but other than that, they've been pretty much in one possession games the rest of the way. Um, oh, and well, Philly, Philly, yeah. Dallas, both kind of handed to them. So like I said, all all four of their losses have been bad losses. Like so, they're either winning them close or they're getting a bus kick. So it's just like we don't know which Minnesota team we're gonna get. Like, are we gonna get the yeah. ones who's been, who's been winning those close games and it's been coming down to the wire and they just making enough plays there, or are we gonna see? The, the week two Minnesota team we saw against uh, Philly or that team we saw against Dallas only put up three points. The team we saw in Green Bay a couple weeks ago. Um, not sure. And obviously everybody knows how they feel about um, Kirk Cousins when it comes into these these big moments. So it, it's a lot on the line here for sure for, 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 for Minnesota. I think the Giants are playing with house money. I mean, they ain't really got nothing to lose. Nope. Um, only a three-point underdog, so I feel like a lot of people are that's giving them kind of that respect for it, even though the fact that they're only a, a, a nine-win team and this is a 13-win mm-hmm. team that we're talking about here. So um, that, to me, is definitely going to be the matchup there. If Lamar Jackson was playing, I probably would have went with Ravens-Bengals. But yeah. the yeah. fact that he's probably not going to play kind of takes a dent in that one. For sure, so I think that the next one there is for sh- uh, it's got to be it's got to be Giants Vikings. So um, get ready for the pickums here. Dolphins Bills. There's no Tua playing. There's no um, Teddy Bridgewater player. It's gonna be I think it's gonna be Skylar Thompson who's getting the start going up there to Buffalo, who's pretty much a two touchdown favorite. I think the spread was thirteen and a half. So <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Who you? No, I know who you got, but <laughs> no Tua Bills next. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. The game, the game we just spent a lot of time talking on um, the Giants and Vikings, and who, who you got now? I feel the same way about the Vikings that I do about the Chargers. Maybe not so much as the quarterback. But just the team in general, like I've been a Dalvin Cook fan since he was at Florida State. Yeah. I've been a Dalvin Cook guy since he was at Florida State. I love Justin Jefferson. They got guys on defense, Patrick Peterson, um, Harrison Smith. Um, uh, Eric Kendricks and um, these guys on the D-line. Yeah, Daniel Hunter and these guys. And now you got uh, Jadarius Smith over there. You got some guys. You got some guys over there. Adam Thielen on offense, obviously. You won't uh, forget him as well. Um, so I feel the same way, man, because I feel like Minnesota, they have these type of seasons and they play well. But even when they have seasons 
like this where they've won 12, 13 games, I still feel like they don't get that same amount of respect as some of those other teams that win those amount of games. Um, so I wanted to see them make another run. I think it's over Sunday. I think the Giants win this football game. I can't trust their defense right now. I can't trust their pass defense. I can't trust their defense at all. I say pass defense, just their defense in general. Obviously, Kirk Cousins has more to work with as far as receiver-wise. Obviously, he has more to work with. But I don't know what – I know giving the opportunity what Davin Cook is going to do. I know what Justin Jefferson is going to do. I don't know what defense is going to show up, and I don't know what Kirk Cousins is going to show up. And I like that. I like that Giants defense. Like you mentioned, that was a three-point game early in the season. Three-point game on the road, a 61-yard field goal to win it at the end of regulation. I think the Giants are confident that they can go in and win this football game. Um and I think once you, you said it, they're playing with house money. They really have nothing to lose at all. They have nothing to lose. So I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going I'm to go with the Giants to win this football game on, on Sunday. Bro, I didn't think you was going to do it. I thought I was going to be by myself on this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going with the Giants, too. And, and yeah. it's just, honestly, bro, it's just mainly – and I, I'm right there with you. I feel the same way. I feel like this Vikings team is so talented enough to where they could um, – they talented enough to where they could win this game, and then if they have to play San Francisco, you just never know it could happen, yeah. and they could they could they could make that run to an NFC Championship game, maybe even a Super Bowl. It's just I don't trust Kirk Cousins, bro. I mean, what one? Well, he has what one playoff win? I think that one that one win that they got in in, in New Orleans. Um, yeah, was that last season or the season before last? Whenever it was, see, I think the season before um, last. Yeah, I just, I'm not, I don't trust him enough. Like you said, that defense has just been so the the last like the last like two or three weeks, really the last month, just not been playing the best. Yeah, um, so I, I think I think the Giants will end up doing. I think what'll end up happening is is they'll it'll kind of be similar to what happened that Christmas Eve game. It's gonna be kind of it's gonna be physical. It's gonna be slow. It's gonna be tough. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to really maybe stop Jeff, Justin Jefferson, but just to try to maybe contain him enough, mm-hmm. um, and maybe see if Kirk Cousins can beat you with somebody else. See if he can beat you with a, a Adam Thielen, a, a T.J. Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but if if Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson are both going, it, it might it be gets a problem rough. Then. Yeah, yeah, it might be a <laughs> it problem then. But I, I think they find a way to contain one of those two, and they make just enough plays with Saquon Barkley. Uh, Richie James might make a play or two. Shout out, shout out to young. Shout, shout out, out to Richie. Richie. That uh, also has a has a play in that as well. That's it. <laughs> Also yeah. has a reason for yeah. <laughs> for sure. Get my dog, get but, my guy going. But but I yeah I I think the Giants I think the Giants can do it, man. I mean, cause it, even if they don't, 
I I mean, who's going to say that they had a bad season? Because nobody saw nine wins from them. So, I mean, nope. that's why I say, like, they got nothing to lose, man. They're playing with house money. I feel like the pressure is definitely on Minnesota because they should be one of those teams to pull it out this weekend. But I, I don't think they will. I think it'll be the Giants. Um, and then that nightcap, we got uh, Ravens, Bengals. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, well, the Bengals are trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Um I don't think uh, they haven't officially ruled it out, but Lamar hadn't practiced in like three, two, three weeks. Um, so I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to play. Um, I, I'm rolling with Cincinnati. I really ain't got much to say. I mean, I, I like Tyler Huntley. Um, I, I love Baltimore's defense, obviously. Um, it's going to be a close physical game like it's always been between these two. Um, but just the fact that Lamar Jackson is not going to be out there um, – I just, I just can't, I just can't do it. The point differential from when he plays and when he is not playing for them is crazy. I think it's like a whole ten points. They average like twenty two, twenty three points when he plays. They only averaging like thirteen when he doesn't. So it's just, it's those numbers you just can't ignore. So I, I'm gonna roll with the Bengals. No Lamar Bengals for sure. Um, and then obviously the 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 wild card finale, the nightcap, Monday night football, uh, another rematch here uh, from week one between the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, obviously we know how much of a mess the NFC South was, but Tampa Bay still found a way um, to get it done, um, and it's hosting a playoff game. And uh, Dallas once again another twelve win season here for them. Um, this time as a wild card team, but. Um, did not look good last week against the Commanders when they had a chance to possibly even still get the one seed in the NFC East title. Um, who you got in this one? The guy who did not like Tampa Bay wants to go with Dallas. I really do. I really, really, really want Dallas to beat Tampa Bay just so we can stop all this Tom Brady talk for this season so we can just stop it. Tom Brady has not lost to the Dallas Cowboys in his, in his career. Let's, let's, let, let's get that out of the way. He's 7-0 against Dallas <laughs> in his career. So he has that. That Prescott is just turning the ball over too much for me. I can't trust him to keep the ball out of harm's way. He 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 leads the NFL in, in interceptions, and he didn't play in five games. How do you do that, Gee, bruh, bruh. How do you That's do that? Awful. How do you how do you lead the league in interceptions, and you ain't playing five games? Out of 17 games, you played in 12, and you lead the league in picks. That makes no sense. You almost 17 games, you lost a third of the season. A third, Essentially a third of the season. You didn't play. I believe he has like 14 picks. That makes no sense to me, man. He's turning the ball over too much for my liking. That defense, if Dallas is going to win – it's going to be because that defense is in that D line, that pass rush is able to get is able to get to Tom Brady. Uh, the the Bucks have their own problems as well. They can't stop the they can't stop uh, the run. 
at all. Their defense hasn't played well at all. They can't stop the run. Obviously, Tom Brady and Mike Evans started clicking, um, have started clicking later on in the season. So Trayvon Diggs is going to see a lot of Mike uh, Mike Evans on Monday. Um, but if you turn the ball over against Tom Brady, man, what what you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? And I I just can't trust him to protect the football, so I'm going to go with Tampa Bay as much as it pains me. I'm going to pick Tampa Bay. I'm going with Tampa Bay, too, just because Dallas is just going to do Dallas stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even know how to really explain it, but Dallas is just going to do Dallas stuff. Um, since the game is in Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay doesn't use turf. They use natural grass. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the D-line sacks from Dallas, majority of them came playing on inside and on turf. They only got like two or three sacks total playing on natural grass. So mm-hmm. that's going to affect them a little bit. Um, Dak is just I – don't, I don't know what he's doing. He's just not reading the field, right, forcing, forcing things down the football field that doesn't have to be there. I mean – I'm still in shock though that he threw the same pass two plays in a row last week. Like the same pass. I I, I don't understand how that happens. Um I am <laughs> I I just really don't as much as I want as much as I want Dallas to win so the this this Tom Brady soccer can can stop him. We have to mm-hmm. you know hear from again to see if he'll play another year or whatever, blah blah blah. Um, I just think Dallas is just gonna do Dallas things to where they just they're not they're not gonna be good they're not gonna do well and Tampa Tampa's gonna end up winning. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. it, it, it's it's honestly I hate that it's the finale game because it's gonna be an ugly game. That's that's um, the thing too. What are we doing scheduling? Like what is like? And I get like I would have. I don't know what other game you could have picked. Maybe the maybe the the Giants Vikings. I about to say maybe swap them. I honestly no. I would I would have been okay if it was even Dolphins Bills. Like I mean I know like the Bills are probably gonna win, but I'm like I at least want some entertainment <laughs> on Monday, on a Monday night because that the, the first game was even awful. It was nineteen to three. Like it was it was awful. Like the first <laughs> game was awful when they played against each other. It's gonna be awful again this week. It's gonna be a terrible game. Hey, my betters, take the under. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would take the under. Just take the under. Take the under because uh, I, I, I don't I don't see it really unless unless Tom Brady finds a way to have one of those games where he, like him and Mike Evans had a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I'm taking the under on that because Tampa really can't – like you said, Tampa can't really stop the run. Sometimes Dallas is too selfish to run the football. Sometimes they don't run it enough. Tampa can't run the football. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's just a lot. I hate that that's the finale, but it is what it is. Um, but I'm going with Tampa. I just think uh, Dallas is just going to do Dallas things, and Tampa will find a way once again just to, to survive and go to the yeah. next round. <sighs> I feel like that's how we just feel about that game. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, man, whatever. Yeah, exactly. As we get ready here to wrap up another episode, man, uh, this has been a pleasure for sure. Uh, man, you got any, of course, the usual, any any last words, any shout-outs that you want to give? Uh, normal, man, just 
be, uh, blessed to be able to do this again for another episode. Can't wait for this weekend, wild card weekend. Can't wait to watch these games. I'm, re- I'm excited for playoff football here. And obviously, with the NBA, you're getting to about the halfway point of the season, so we'll be doing some more NBA talk as well here coming up soon, um, too. So um, this is an exciting time of year. You know, it's playoff football, baby. It's uh, one of the best things year-round is playoff football in the NFL. So I'm excited. Um, y'all stay warm. Y'all stay, uh, yeah. stay, stay warm for sure, definitely. Um, stay healthy. Make sure you, you know, taking your vitamins and all that type of stuff. Um, and do not get, as this year kickstarts, as this year kickstarts, the goals that you set for the year, the things that you wanted to accomplish this year, as we get rolling and we're back working and all those different things, don't let your goals and the things that you set forth to do this year fall by the wayside because of work and all that other type of stuff. Like, Make sure you're still striving to go accomplish those goals that you set at the beginning of the year, the things that you want to do, regardless of what it is, job-wise, um, personally, health-wise, whatever it is, make sure you're still striving to go you know, accomplish those goals and everything. Yeah, uh, same for me as well. Um, just the, the normal, usual shout-outs. Oh, I, I do got one one special one that I do want to give out uh, that I think um, it's, it's, it's gotten talked about, but we, we'll go ahead and bring it attention to, man. Um, shout out to uh, former NFL running back Peyton Hillis. Um, wishing him well on a speedy recovery. Uh, he uh, went in to save his children from, from drowning. Yeah. Um, out, I think they were out swimming in the lake or somewhere around those things, but uh, – Last uh, we checked that he was on a ventilator. Now he's off that ventilator and um, is, you know, back on the road to recovery for him as well. So as much as we talked about um, DeMar Hamlin and rightfully so, um, a special shout-out to sure for Peyton Hillis, yeah. a true hero, um, saving his, his children's life, um, risking his life uh, to save his children's life. And uh, obviously uh, it's good that he is able to, to still be here mm-hmm. and able to, you know, just get back on that road to recovery, man, for sure. So big shout out to Peyton Hillis, man. Uh Madden twenty twelve cover. Yeah. Cover man. There you, you know, go. If you don't know I had that one got him. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, you know that's that's who he is, man. Former Arkansas running uh Arkansas running back. He was there with Felix Jones and, and Darren McFadden as well in in between those guys um and everything. So uh uh just glad that he's a that he's okay and and, and doing well. Yeah. Um but man yeah, like always, man, uh, keep listening, um, subscribing to the podcast, uh, listening to it, um, subscribing it on, on Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast, man, we uh, we appreciate it. Uh, this was this was another video podcast. If you're just listening to the audio, this this was this is another video podcast. Um, we'll try to make sure to get some more clips out and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully. Um, if you know everything looks right when I kind of you know go back on it, uh, we could probably just go ahead and, and and post it all and see how it turns out, man, and get ready to to, to see the YouTube page come along and and everything, man. Uh, but until the next time, man, you know, Lord willing, uh, this has been another episode of the Easy Money. Oh wait, I almost forgot. Yep, I caught myself. I almost forgot. I caught there myself. It is. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught myself. I was like, oh, wait, I forgot something. Love black women, cherish black women, protect black women. Uh, No means no.
No means no. Listen, new new year, same rules still apply, man. Do not forget <laughs> about that for sure. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I'm glad I got that out of the way. Now, uh, man, once again, until the next time, this has been another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. Peace.